gentlemen episode 168 pride rules mma is live in the house what's up tommy oh what's up boys well we're sorry everybody that we had to miss last week but unfortunately rudy has been uh been part of all that stuff that was going on down there in texas but we are back it is mma mondays with your favorite host of the pride rules mma podcast first and foremost Special thank you to Fightbook MMA for putting this show on the air. And all of our platforms out there, especially Sportscaster, we love the number of Sportscaster. Thank you to everybody who's watching and continue to support. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to, it's going to be kind of a down open um, with these couple topics. Uh, so, as you know, I am your host, the Reverend Tommy D. Joined with me, as always, by the greatest producer that has ever lived, the frozen Rudy Lara. Not and anymore, course, baby. <laughs> and of course, Tyler, the Marauder King. <clears throat> Violence, I love that shirt. All right, so as we stated, um, our, our deepest and uh, no pun intended here, warmest regards to uh, all the people in Texas that might still be without power. I know Rudy said uh, 60 people passed away. Um, 
Tim Kennedy posted a, a photo on Instagram today of like 30 dead deer in the back of his truck that, that all died from uh, freezing to death. And um, unfortunately, all those animals that died in, in the sanctuaries, which is the one place where they're, they're not supposed to uh, pass away from shit like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you dude, know, it, it was pretty bad where I was at. And I'm at the furthest part of Texas. I'm five minutes away from the Mexican border. Uh, so if we had problems out here, imagine what the state's nine hours, I mean, the, the city's nine hours, you know, north of me, you know, problems they had, they were pretty bad, man. I was fortunate, even though I was out of power for three freaking days, um, it was cool. Um, I went to the zoo on Sunday and there were not, all the animals, they said that they didn't have any animals that died, but I didn't see some of them. But that's a good thing, man. That's a good thing. But other people got hit pretty hard, man. Families died, you know. Pretty sad, bro. Some people froze to death. A lot of people. Crazy stuff, man. You know, I, I hope everything starts to come on the up and up out there. I don't... <clears throat> Derek... <clears throat> excuse me. Derek Lewis talked about it a little bit in his uh, his pre-fight interview. Um, it's pretty messed up, man. You know, like, for Tyler and I, 20-degree weather, we're used to that. That's, that's yeah, east, know, you know, northeast coast living. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to throw shade at Ted Cruz right now, but the fact of the matter is Texas just did not, does not have the infrastructure to deal with sub-zero temperatures, cold weather, ice removal, snow removal. It's just, it's just the fact of the matter. And I do want to say that it's amazing that the way people pulled together, um, you know, talking to my friend Brad Barnes over in Midland, Talking about the way the communities really pulled together, everything like that. It's great to see things like that. And just all my best to everyone out there in Texas. Like everyone's going through a hard time there right now. I'm sorry, I like feel your pain to a degree because it was freaking 16 out here in freaking Boston today. But you know, we had we're used to that stuff. So God bless, Godspeed. And yeah, you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> you always know when Tyler's back in Boston. Yep. So the only thing that came through that was cock and balls. That's it. Um, it was. Good today too. All right. Well. Um, so. To, you know, it was a depressing day, like in MMA today. Uh, you know, another big shout out to uh, Chris Weidman and his family. Um, Chris Weidman's father-in-law sadly passed away. I think it was either yesterday or today. Um, and this is the part that's kind of messed up. So complete, complete accident. Um, Chris Weidman's father-in-law was going to the gym to see him like he always does. And uh, remember that he forgot his mask. So as he turned around to go back to his car to get his mask, he was hit by a truck. Um, oh, shit. And passed away five days later. Are you uh, serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I was reading it on, on Facebook today. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty messed up, man. Um, so, you know... Chris is taking the, you know, the, the ultimate Christian view of it, obviously, and, and kind of looking at the brighter side of it. 
Um, oh, here and it kind of did have with him, but it's definitely rough for for Chris and, and his family, especially for his wife since it was her dad. So, uh, you know, biggest, biggest condolences go out to the Weidman family. How about that to start it off, huh? Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> shitty, bro. What are you doing, man? Right? You sucked all the air out of our podcast. But you know what? Wait, because I, I didn't, there's more. I didn't know about it, and yeah, that's pretty sad, man. Yeah. I guess you're trying to get rid, yeah. get all the sad stuff out of the way first. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hit here's me. one. It's, hit me, baby, one more time. Sad. Hit me, baby, one more time. Yeah. Well, this one's sad, but it should be enough to piss you off. Everybody knows the name Travis Fulton, the man who has the most fights in MMA history, was arrested on child porn charges in Iowa today. Shut up. Where are you getting this bizarre, whack fucking news today, Tommy? Dude, this, this, he's a, well, I mean, come on. This is (laughs) 43-year-old attempted to, uh, to recruit a minor to uh, tape like sexually explicit photos in November. Um, and when he got busted, he had a flashlight, a flash drive with uh, child pornography featuring a fucking 12 year old. Holy girl. crap, bro. Oh. MMA vet Travis Fulton indicted on child pornography charges. Yeah. And bro, you think about the people that he fought. Jeremy Horn, um, and Severin, Matt Lindlin, Rico Rodriguez. Um, now they got pedo Bob, germs. I wish Rich Franklin, Ben Rothwell. <laughs> I wish one of them had uh, made a statistic of him a long time ago. Not this statistic, like one well, of the few men that died in MMA. I mean, I don't know. Just this is horrible. I mean. I sure hope he remembers how to fight when he goes to jail. You think he's making it up? Check it out. New York Post, folks. That's crazy. He's on ESPN, too. MMA fighter Travis Fulton indicted on porn charges. Wow. You know, and and one of the the, the last and the biggest names that he fought on that list was Andre Arlovsky. Now, I saved that for the last name because now we could segue into some fun stuff. Right, because Andre Arlovsky was the curtain jerker of uh, of the amazing UFC event this past weekend. Um, we can get into that fight. Uh, you know, at the card as a whole, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, yeah. I-, I thought it was a very good card. Um, the commentary. Look, I mean, I used to hate Michael Bisping, but as a commentator, he's pretty freaking funny. And now that he doesn't fight anymore, he's really, really funny to me. I like him as a commentator. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him, Joe Rogan, DC, and John Attic. Here, here. Put Dominic Cruz up. Um, I think those guys would be hysterical together. But uh, um, Rudy, you were talking this weekend uh, to uh, Roberto about the uh, the opener of the prelims, the Juliana Rosa and Nate Landwehr fight. You thought that was an early stoppage? Fuck yeah, that was an early stoppage. Uh... It was just bullshit, bro. Um, I didn't enjoy that at all. It just... Uh, what made you think it was early? Uh, 
I thought it was early, man. It just he, he took a knee. Yeah, it looked ugly. I guess it looked very ugly from the ref's perspective. But, uh, you know, Nate Landwehr took the shot, and he was trying to get back up, bro. He didn't seem like he was out of it, in my opinion. Um, and, yeah, man, he just popped right back up. And I've seen that guy take some punishment. That That knee didn't really look that bad. You know what? You're right. Neither did the one that Sandhagen threw against Frankie. No, that one was ugly. That one was <laughs> ugly, bro. This this knee did not. Maybe that's one of the reasons they they decided. You know what? Let me stop it. It was just visions of Frankie Edgar getting knocked out to the ref. He's like, "Oh shit, not again." <laughs> what would you think, Tyler? Um, I'll tell you what. I I was okay with the stoppage. I did. I tend to err on the side caution a little more, but I didn't think it was like egregious or early or anything like that. I oh, yeah, it wasn't egregious, I didn't but. Love it, I didn't hate it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it, like, it's kind of like what Rudy said. You, you see these guys that have gone through punishment, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you see the ref stop it, and you're like, well, wait a minute. He could have taken 75 more shots before you could have decided to stop it. Yeah. Like, I get it, Rudy. Um, and I also get what Tyler's saying too. That's why, like I always said, I'd hate to be a referee because no matter what, most people are not going to like your decision in a situation like that. Because think if you didn't this, stop it, well, let's say Landwehr was just taking massive punishment. You know, like, the thing about it is, for every one of these situations, there's a for every one with like, okay, good stoppage. There's fucking five like controversial ones, which like. Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren. The one last night. Um, like, both sides, any standing TKO. Like, every time he's killed, a lot. He probably could be making a really good point right here, folks, but like he's doing it with Japanese. Japanese got so And you know what, man? I, I don't mind oh, if people. My, uh, don't agree with the decision, just respect the decision. It's when you start disrespecting the decision and being a dumbass about it. You know what? Well, it's kind of dumb. You know what? You what? Know, I didn't like the decision, but I, I respect the the ref's, you know, perspective, man. Um, I wasn't in there. Here's one decision that nobody questioned. John Castaneda dusting Eddie Wineland in that uh, in that first round. Do you think seriously it's time maybe the UFC kind of yes. cuts no, ties with Eddie Wineland? No, it's just he needs to hang it up. He's had yeah. a long fucking career, and yeah, he's always he's always been one of the top guys in that weight class. But I think back to fights like Jose Aldo spinning back kicking his fucking face off. That was. <laughs> That was close to a decade ago. Like, Eddie, I love you. Me, like, I'm old as fuck. I feel like I can still fight, but I know it's not the best thing for me anymore. So, like, I think it's time for Eddie Wyman. It just is. Yeah, or, or, you know, go to X, XMMA. Or... You know that old saying, no. those who can't fight, teach. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Those who can't fight in a cage, go to bare-knuckle boxing. Nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that you can't fight. It just Listen. means you can't fight anymore. Sure, it ain't. Like, those who can't fight in the cage anymore. Yeah. I mean, the competition is only going to get younger. The competition is only going to get better. We're, we're starting to see that with these with these guys. Like, 
you know, look what Holloway's done to Jose Aldo multiple times. Um, did, did Aldo have some kind of a career resurgence? Maybe a little. Uh, I don't think he's going to make one hell of a run uh, in this division. But, you know, who, who's to say? But for, for Wineland, I, it's been a while since he's won, hasn't it? Like, when was his yeah, last win? I could, I could not tell you last time he's won. I could not tell you. So, I mean, yeah, I, I can. His last win was against uh, uh, Popov in June 8th, 2019. All right. So, it's not that far. And before that, it was against a Mizugaki uh, in uh, 2016. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He, he took a couple of L's in between that. Yeah, I would think so. And he just took one to start he off took 2020. A, he took an L to Brian Caraway, who's in the, the news lately, by the way, uh, for yeah, forging, ATV, for forging um, documents. For an ATV that belonged to like Misha Tate. <laughs> That's some funny shit. That's He's wanted. Amazing. All right. Brian Caraway is the ultimate cuck. Can we all agree on that? Well, bro, I mean, he's just trying to get her back for having somebody else's baby, probably when they were still together. Yeah. <laughs> it takes nine months to make a baby. <laughs> like I said, complete cuckold. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Luke, Luke, if you're out there watching, Luke, cut this up. Brian Caraway is complete cuck. Fight me. <laughs> Ultimate fighting cuckold. Yeah, like that. <laughs> I, hey, I can promote that. I can promote that. <laughs> you know, he could start his own federation. This Ultimate CFC. cuck championships, UCC. CFC, cuckold fighting championship. Right? <laughs> CFC. I mean, but yeah, I mean, you think back, think back to Eddie Wyman's career. He goes back to WEC. I mean, that was a long, Eddie, Eddie long time ago. Like, we're, having, we're having fun talking about Caraway right now, but dude, Eddie Wyman's an OG. He deserves a fuck ton of respect. I remember watching him on the old WEC on Versus. Like, yeah. he's a beast. So, I mean, there's no shame hanging it up. Now he's just, I bet, and. The other thing I want to say is uh, his body's been going through weight cuts for how fucking long? It's probably time, yeah. man. All that shit. He's not going to retire on a loss either. The weight cutting, the diet, the trauma to your body and your head, it'll catch up to you, man. Hey, man. No, yeah, I, I, like, I kind of get it. Nobody yeah. wants to retire on a, on a knockout loss. Like, if you're going to retire, you want it to be like a close decision or – you know, even if it's just a decision that you went the distance, you don't want to retire on a on a knockout. So I, I kind of get that. I just hope um, either he figures something out, finds a different style to fight, or you know he has one more, and then whatever happens happens, and then he just retires because you know. And I talk about this a lot. He's going to start running into that new casual fan that doesn't remember. How much of an OG he is, they just remember him losing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, you fighters, you're definitely, you definitely have, even if you're humble, you still have that, uh, that air of invincibility, of invincibility around you where, you know, you, you don't want people to think you're kind of a can. And Eddie Wineland is not a can, he's just getting an old, old can. He's an old can. He is no kid, yeah. but he's getting a little old. 
Tommy yeah. right there, and he's just in his. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's the old Budweiser label. He's a rusty can. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, guys. Bless you. Jesus, man. You look like a party favor when you sneeze. You got to trim down that beard. I did trim down the beard. I need to trim down my beard, dude. You need you need to get that that uh that Jersey Shore hair back that you had when you played for the Cardinals. Uh, you like your Matt Leinart hair. <laughs> Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore. I don't think it's ever coming back. <laughs> oh, all right, man. All right, so on to the main card. Uh, I mentioned Andre Arlovsky's name uh, as one of the people that Travis Fulton fought on his uh, on his road to the most MMA fights in history until he got busted for child porn. Um, yeah. So Andre Arlovsky went in there against Tom Aspinall, and look, man, this Aspinall kid—he's big, he's young. He's fucking fast. Obviously, we've seen he has some jujitsu. Uh, and look, and not to take anything away from Arlovsky, because uh, I think it was Herb Dean that was the referee. Uh, Herb gave Arlovsky a very, very big leash in that first round. Yep. Um, maybe it would have got stopped if Aspinall was punching Arlovsky in the head instead of the ribs when he had him up against the cage, but, you know, Arlovsky fought through it. He fought through it. He was throwing his own shots in after that. They ended that round on a high note, but then when that second round started, (laughs) he ran across that cage and speared him right into the corner, right into a rear naked choke. Arlovsky tapped. It was quick, but a pretty big win for this young and -and up-and-comer. What did you think of the fight, Rudy? I thought it was an early stoppage. (laughs) (laughs) Even though he tapped? (laughs) (laughs) It was an early stoppage. I wanted to see Arlovsky choke out and pass out. No, he he did. He he knew. uh, And I told my wife, we were watching. I was like, you know what? He he tapped so quick because of experience. You know when you're fucked. You know what I mean? And there's there's no way out of that. He had uh, given up his back and... He gave up his neck, more importantly, and um, he he sunk that choke in deep, bro. As soon as he got that, I was like, it's over. And he tapped immediately. I was like, <laughs> boom, called it. <laughs> Very impressive, man. I didn't want him to win. I, I was going for Arlovsky, but uh, Aspinall, man, that's one guy you definitely do not want, do not want to bet against. Yeah, he's going to be scary for that heavyweight division. What do you think, Tyler? 100% agree. Um, he, it looked like in the first round, he was a little playing rock, sock, and robots. A little bit with Olaski. With that being said, Bombagon's getting better at the exchanges. And then um, I think his coaches were like, all right, cool. He had fun the first round. I think he just touched him a little bit, got him to the ground, and then just finished him. Very business-like in the second round, finishing him off. So you think, know what it reminded me of when he did that? What? what? No, what it reminded me of when he did that, you guys ever see that movie Fighting with Channing Tatum? When he ran across the room in that Russian guy's house and then smashed his head against the water fountain? That's what it reminded me of nope. when uh, Aspinall just darted right across. And, it, you know, they, they, they talked about it on the broadcast. 
that's a pretty well-constructed cage considering 500 pounds blasted into that corner pretty damn fast, and it didn't even move. Literally, everyone always says, what's fucking made for? It's a fan, bro. I wish I could understand what he's saying. fucking steel fat. It's like Max Headroom. What it's made for. Please, on Sportscaster, don't shut us off because Tyler's internet sucks. Um, hey, that's what it's made for. Dude, my internet's like... You just <laughs> no, your internet's kind of weak. Not my Fuck you. <laughs> so, I mean, they gave this kid a pretty big name uh, for this event. And, you know, they put him on the opening fight for this fight night. Do you think they give him somebody higher ranked, Rudy, at this point? Oh yeah, they definitely. Is Arlovsky even ranked anymore? Um, I don't think so, man. I don't think Arlovsky's ranked. I think he was on like a like a three fight win streak or something like that, or a two fight win streak before coming into this. Um, he fought against. He beat Tanner Bozier, Justin Lins. Um, Rosenstruck had beat him. He was on a two fight win streak. Yeah, he's not he's not ranked, right? Oh, uh, Arlovsky? No, he's not ranked. I think at this point you give the kid a top fifteen guy, see what he's got. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you know that, who that I was think a... they should put it in there against. Hey, bitch! Put him in there against Dawkins. Oh, that'd be good, dude. Him and Dickhouse. Just so I could see Dawkins get knocked the fuck out finally. Hey man, that I don't know, dude. Um, that would be a good one, but Dickhouse impressed me, man. Really impressed me. I mean, I, you know, I think that fight would be stand and bang war. Yeah. Um, Yo. Cause Dawkins, can you hear me now, Plumpers? Yeah, we we can yeah, hear you. That's not the now. problem. It's you. You have a slow internet, so. You either sound really choppy or your words don't come through at all. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely think that would be a pretty good fight. And you see, but here's the thing, though. We're not going to get – I don't want to jump right to that, but, you know, Dawkins just fought a guy who was ranked. So it definitely moves him up the rankings, but – in terms of fights in the UFC, I think that fight makes a lot of sense between Aspinall and, and Dawkins, and, and I hope that's the route that they go. It will um, be. Trust me. I mean, it was it was a great fight, and, you know... That's the next fight, years, Tommy. I'm telling you. That's the next fight that's going to happen between I, these guys. I hope. You know, it is. at 42, Arlovsky could still go. It, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, he does not look bad at 42 years old. He's still big. He's still quick. He's still powerful. Um, I don't know how much longer he's going to be kicking around, but I don't see Dana cutting him anytime soon, don't you think? I mean, I think Dana's, Dana might have kind of just said fuck it and just he's going to let go till the wheels fall off. It seems like that's the attitude they've taken with a couple of these guys. He like, 
he doesn't seem to let himself get emotionally invested anymore. So he just kind of lets the wheels fall off. He's taking so, I mean, care of these guys, bro. There. They've been loyal. Pretty he's taking care guy. of them. You're getting paid. Yeah, I mean, like, at that end, you know, they, he, they are getting paid right now. Like, yeah. The paychecks are much higher than they So that's definitely right. part of it. You know, it, it's looking like our like the bulk of Arlovsky's career has been fought in the UFC at the end of his career. Because what did he fought in? Uh, he was in Strike Force, wasn't he? Did no, he go to Strike uh, Force? I don't know if it was Strike Force, but he was in uh, Affliction. That was one fight. It wasn't one. No, it was two, I thought it was two or three fights. No, it was one fight. He lost to Fedor. No, I think he had, he fought the event before that too. Mm. I'm pretty sure he knocked. No, yeah, he knocked out Big Country the event before that. Not Big Country, um, Rothwell. Big that Rothwell. Was in, that was an affliction. Yeah, that was the first affliction fight. The event where uh, Fedor fought Sylvia. <laughs> so yeah, he went from a flick. I'm pretty sure he was. I could have sworn he was in Strike Force, uh, and then after that, he just went back to UFC, and that's where he seemed to stay. And he still pulls out some pretty good wins. So it's nice to see the the old dog still going at it in that heavyweight division. I think I want to see Orlovsky and um, Orlovsky and uh, Uberine for one last one last fight. Both of them retire off of that. That's what I want to say. That'd be good, oh, dude. Oh. What happened? Yeah. You think they could they could uh, wheel out uh, what's his name from uh, military fighting system? The heavyweight Darlovsky beat. Uh, Sylvia. Yeah, Tim Sylvia. You think somebody could get him? He's a cop. He's bump fuck now. Fat ass butt legs. So fat, so fat. Yo, yeah, well, we gotta get him in shape. Let Dana have one last fight for for those two. Total nostalgia. No, no I don't want. I don't want that. It was, Why? It was enough. It was enough watching Ray Burns to knock him out. When Ray Burns <laughs> knocked him out, that was. Shout out to the CFFC pulling out all the stops to get old ass Ray Mercer to knock out. Watched up Tim Sylvia. <laughs> oh my god. CFFC. Hey, CFFC. Get my get my guy Daniel Bowl up fight. Until then. Whatever. Oh, like, I'll fight Tim Sylvia. You get both. Dude, I'll get your I friend. Mean, get your, get yeah, your friend signed to I'll even say get him signed to LSA. Let him go get signed over there. Yeah. As long as CM Punk is sitting at a commentator's seat, no real fighter should want to go to CFFC. Why not? And that's it. Why not? <laughs> All right. Fighters like Let's money. Jump the... Fighters what? like money. Fighters <laughs> like money. Let's jump on to the next one. My, my Jersey native, Phil Hawes, the pride of North Bergen. Put on one hell of a show against Imovov, even though in that third round, Phil Hawes almost went on Dream Street quite a few times. That was some straight up stanky, stanky leg. Um, but until that, you know, he really, 
he really got it all together between his wrestling, his striking. Uh, you know, we kept talking about it in the fight book chat that 18-second fights are not always going to happen in a guy's career. He definitely needs that that cage time. So him getting those those 15 minutes in there, especially the uh, the last like 30 seconds of that third round, um, it should do wonders for him. And it shows he's able to go the distance. What did you think of the fight, Rudy? Which fight? Phil Hawes and Imavov. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. You turned into internet. You just weren't there. No, 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 no. Yeah, I know. Uh, I wasn't there. Um, I just kind of like spaced out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Phil Hawes and Nasruddin Imavov, that did not go the way I expected. Um, I think it showed a lot of flaws in Hawes' game. Um, just, he didn't look the way I expected him to look, man. Uh, Imovov just made it look, made it hard for this guy to win. And it was a decision. When I expected Hawes to go out there and knock this fool out, either uh, Imovov is uh, that, that much better or Hawes is uh, not that great. So, having, uh, <laughs> having, uh, extensively, uh, Gareth Bugoy, Ivanov, dude, the guy's just a fucking savage. He's a, uh, he's a, he's won, uh, you know, he's won Sabo titles. Uh, I don't know if he won the same year as Fado was entered, but he's won those Russian Sabo titles. Super tough. I think he had surgery where he had to get a um, tracheotomy. So he got tracheotomy scars down his down his uh, chest and neck. He's just a tough fucking prick. And he's got hands for days. Good wrestling. Good cage control. I I when I was uh back with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Tyler! Oh man! <laughs> What? <laughs> it's so funny. Bro. I'm telling bro, Luke Welling is definitely fucking with your internet for comedic value. I'm telling you. Cause even Luke doesn't freeze up this much when he when he comes on the uh on the fight companion, he's not freezing. I don't watch. It might be my new computer. Dude, just pay the extra 10 bucks, all right? <laughs> pay the extra money. <laughs> Stop stealing your neighbor's fucking Wi Fi, bro. It's shit don't work. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We're sorry, sportscaster. Yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Not not everybody could be as professional. He's either drunk or his internet doesn't work. I don't know. He's like uh, Tyler reminds me of the guy that GSP brought on to um, the Ultimate Fighter, that French guy. No, 
Fuck you. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, right, Rudy? Yep. <laughs> Are you still with us, Rudy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we, we already talked about it. Well, now let's talk about Phil Hawes a little bit more. Um, so you could definitely see the changes in his game since he uh, – since he went over with Henry Hooft and he's not out of uh, Albuquerque anymore. Do you think this is probably a better choice for him than uh, to leave and not be with the Jackson wing camp, Rudy? Yeah, I mean, as of late, um, Hooft has a lot of success with some fighters and uh, I think it's a, it's a good, it's a good uh, decision for Hawes. Um, what that dude need really needs to work on is his cardio. <laughs> to be honest with you, man, if he if he fixed that, um, yeah, man, it I don't think it would really matter what team he's on, but yeah. Well, I think it was those. It was the end of that round. He got caught with a knee, and then he just kept getting cracked with shots. And I mean, his cardio has got to be pretty good because he was still able to stand. Yeah, and yeah, with all know, that muscle, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. I think that the, the his opponent was just that good, man. He was just that good. If, if that, man, if that happened with like four minutes left in that fight, I think Phil Hawes was probably going to get out. I definitely think he was going to get knocked out. Yeah, same here. Um, you know, Imovov just was just a little bit too late. Let's, Let's just put it this way. If it was a title, title fight, fight Hawes probably wouldn't have lasted. He would have lost. No, no, absolutely not. That... That fourth round would have been very, very interesting. Uh, but, you know, and credit to Imavov. Imavov fought off a lot. I mean, Hawes was putting him on his back. He was ground and pounding him. Uh, he was transitioning really well. I mean, look, the, the guy was an Iowa wrestler. You're talking about elite when it comes to collegiate wrestling. Um, so I'm excited to see who they're going to give him next. I know he's looking forward to somebody getting COVID, he said. And, uh, oh, shit. Hey. What? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's looking forward to someone getting COVID. COVID. <laughs> yep. he said, hey, you know, hopefully, you know, somebody gets COVID. Hopefully someone, someone gets, gets COVID. COVID. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's fucking funny. funny. Oh, I hate all of you. I can Listen, we have, a, we have a better shot of a UFC fighter catching COVID than we do of Tyler actually having working internet. Damn. All right. See, no, see, I made the adjustment that was working fine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck what, yourself. What adjustment did you make? Did you turn it on? I just made the adjustment. Listen, like a fighter, in the fight, I made the adjustment. And guess what? It paid off. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. So we talked about this fight before. Um, Alexi Olenek and uh, Chris Dawkins. I, I think it's time Olenek might have to uh, hang it up. Bro, how many Olenek. times are you going to say that tonight? Stop it. Stop it. What? Why is it to hang it up? He's, that, was that, that too old? Yeah, he's old. He lost the fight. Was that, even, was that one or two in a row? Was that two in a row? Was it? I think it was. One Bro, you know, it's like saying Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, Stallone should hang him up because he's too yeah, old. I agree. But like Olenek, though, Rudy, tell me, was that one loss in a row or two loss in a row? 
or three? It's two losses. For Alexei Olenek, I think it's just one. It's one loss. His last fight. I think he lost his last fight. Tommy, Tommy, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. No. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, this is two losses in a row. But Okay, so. He had lost to Lewis before that. If he loses one more. If he loses one more, yeah, he should hang it up. But the guys have a beast, man. Like, give him the benefit of the doubt. We're, we're like a year removed from him winning a UFC main event. You know? No. Yeah, the Mark Hunt fight, Russia. So, like, two years ago. Like, the guy ain't no The guy's no bitch. He's no joke. Pump the brakes, stop. No, but I'm saying he's a bitch or he's a joke. But this was, like, his 50-something fight. And okay, okay. He looked like he didn't deserve to be in there. Are you kidding me? He looked like he didn't deserve to be in there with Chris fucking Dukakis can fucking fight. Go watch his last, like, he's getting into a beast. Why, because he knocked out Parker fucking Porter? Yeah, Parker's a beast. I'm sorry, Parker's a beast. Parker's a fucking savage. He knocked Parker out, so. I'm how just giving, how did I'm win giving credit where credit's due. Like, but my like, question is, how does Olenek, who is a ground master, nobody can deny that, unable to get Chris fucking Dawkins to the ground? I'll, I'll tell you why. why. It's because he, he has, has his dork-ass dork Forrest Gump, Gump haircut. haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that shit. Look at that shit, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for like 40... Dude, dude's 43. He's had more fights um, than Andre Olovsky in his career. Like, the, the, the guy's fucking war-torn. Come on. He's like, like a, a fat Jason, Jason Statham, Statham, okay? That's, That's why. why. Listen, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I can deal with that, being fat Jason Statham. But, like, the guy can fight. He, yo, he's Russian. They're built different. I'm sorry, but they are. You know, like, who do you give him next? You know, what are you going to give him? Aspinall? Instead of giving Aspinall to, to Dawkins, you're going to give Aspinall to... Arlovsky. Who's the least down? All right. I would be okay with that. <laughs> I would be okay with that. I still th- I think Arlovsky would beat him um, because in, in all the fights that Olenek has, his stand-up is fucking awful. Um, I mean, extremely awful. He wasn't trying to get out of the way of any of that shit. He, you know, he... He went for, I guess you could say he went for a takedown, but he had just taken so much punishment. It was like when Ronda went for the takedown against Holly Holm. Like, this wasn't there. Um, yeah, like, he wasn't setting it up. Like, he, sh- he should have been hustling that fight to the ground in the beginning. It didn't seem like he was. He played too much of a beat, and he paid for it. Yeah, you know, and look, man, I love Olenek. Anybody who, like I said, and I've said it a million times. Did anybody you say who you, just, you love old dick? dick? Yeah. He does love old dick. He does love old <laughs> Anybody who can pull an Ezekiel choke off in a gi, it's pretty impressive. You're doing it in no gi, letting a 265-pound man get on top of you in a mounted position because you're setting up an Ezekiel choke that you know you're going to get. It's fucking official. And I'd love you, you want to know you, you want to know what the key to that is? It's his chest hair. He grabs on to the chest hair. It could be. It is. It's like Velcro. It's like Velcro. It is. You know, what I think, I think Fight to Win should be reaching out to uh, Olenek and getting him in the heavyweight division there. That would I be mean, some fun. It would, it would be, but Fight to Win's not paying. 
Like, God bless, shout out Seth Daniel, shout out Mr. Estrada, I love all y'all, but unless your name is Gordon Ryan or Marcus Dennis, you're doing who's number one, or Craig Jones, you're fighting out who's number one, they're not, they're not really putting the money out there, which is the right thing to do because <laughs> there's not a huge platform out there, but we shall see. Personally, I don't think Olenek would do it for the, the reduced paycheck. I would love to see him out there. I would personally love to fight him and fight for him. I would very much like to fight him, but I would love to personally be there for him. Well, I mean, how much does the UFC pay? Probably about... Probably like 50-50, most likely. Could be. Yeah, most it likely. could be. How many, How many rupees, rupees do you make, sir? <laughs> rubles, rubles, right? They call them rubles. Or rubles. Euros. I don't know. Euros. I don't know. Euros. Yeah, I, you know, and I don't want to. I don't like Dawkins. I'll give him credit because Dick he's gone out there, knocked out three opponents. Um yeah. But I just don't think he's as good as everybody's kind of making him out to be. I don't, I don't like, like his, his nipples, nipples man. man. So, so can't, can't trust, trust a guy with nipples like that. that. <laughs> I, I think that... Look, look folks, tell, tell me, tell me. Tell me do, you do you trust a guy with nipples, nipples that look like that? that? Jesus Christ. Look at the, the size, size of those things. Your screen, dirty. I am. I'm, I'm showing sure. them. It's disgusting. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I honestly think Aspinall beats him. Uh, now, I know Dawkins has a black belt. I don't think Aspinall would take it to the ground. I think Aspinall's a lot faster than him, and I think he would put him out. Um, but like we talked about, that's kind of the fight to make right now at, at heavyweight since they're not um, they're not ranked. Do they're it. not entitled to tension. Do it. Um, you know, make the fight. Two new guys, <laughs> newer guys to the UFC. It, it, it makes sense. Um, I would definitely love to see it. You could even, you could probably even make that a main event on a fight night, like, like a Wednesday fucking fight night. Like when they throw those Wednesday cards out there that they would usually have on UFC fight pass, put that on a Wednesday, let them headline it. You know, why not? I mean, maybe when everything opens back up, they do it in like Russia. Maybe. Why would Tom Aspinall and uh, oh, I thought you were talking about And Dawkins fighting Russia. Why not? <laughs> I thought you meant Olenek, sorry. No, you know what? If, if they want to if they want to keep going with the whole PR thing and, you know, have it in Philly. He's a Philadelphia cop. Have it in Philly. Yeah, I'd pay for that. But, again, we need to open back up, though. That so would we'll be, be a... We'll get the summer for that, though. Hopefully... You know, hopefully. You know, well. <laughs> yeah. Tyler, you're a I big mean, bastard, dude. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. What yeah, happened? Tyler, you look at Vic these days. I said, Tommy, Tyler's, Tyler's a big, big bastard. bastard. Oh, I am, yes, I am. Yeah, you're yes, huge, bro. Yeah. You're like, when I think of Paul Bunyan, Bunyan I think of Tyler King. King. Yeah, you should. <laughs> That makes yeah, sense. but Paul Bunyan had like a head of hair though. Where's, Where's blue? Where's, Where's blue? blue? I don't have blue watts. I have a harem of 20-something. <laughs> 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 is 
use blue code word for another blonde with daddy issues and very low inhibitions? No. <laughs> She's not a blonde. <laughs> her wig is blue. <laughs> on stage, her wig is blue. <laughs> I mean, what she? I mean, what she's working? There you go. <laughs> what she's working at the club? It is. She, she turns him blue. Oh, but I mean, in, in all seriousness, <laughs> in all seriousness, with with Olenek, like these past two fights that that he's lost, he kind of seemed to lose that that like shine and luster that he had when he was choking dudes out. Like, I, I think the age and his kind of one-dimensional style is kind of playing against him here. This is one, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah, I, I would agree too. Um, I think guys just got wise. Like, he was one of the first guys we've seen in a while that was just dragging dudes to the ground and fucking strangling them. So, I think guys <laughs> made the adjustments. Yep. The UFC guys are Good athletes have good coaching. <laughs> they just made the <laughs> Did he almost just throw up? <laughs> I fucking coughed. Jesus. Cough? <laughs> Sounded like you were deep throating mandingos. <laughs> That's a. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, the two of you are calling. This guy's drinking twisted tea. I can't. Um, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> but I mean, look, you know, when he first came in, it has to be pretty crazy. Like, you're a giant heavyweight, right? Yeah. And this guy is allowing you to get mount. <laughs> I would almost be confused. Like, why is this guy letting me mount him? Oh, wait a minute. I've been strangled. Like, Tommy, they're not allowing it. Jess, his level of grappling is just like you. Well, no, Olenek was allowing them to mount him. <laughs> so, like, if you're the guy on top, you're probably thinking to yourself, like, wow, this guy sucks. He's letting me mount him. Wait, why can't I breathe? Oh, fuck, I'm going out. No, like, that's I the last thing that's on your like mind. That, 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 like, again, speaks to the grappling cube of heavyweights. They do that shit. Then you're letting the guy get in the fucking Ezekiel for mount. I, no, just, no. That just shows how low the uh, grappling cube is of most of these heavyweights in the UFC. Like, I, I know we were just talking about when you put him up against uh, Parker. Parker's got black belt. Parker's not going to let him do that. Well, let's take into consideration. These other guys are barely blue belts. These other guys are barely blue belts. Alexei Olenek has been quoted as saying, I let people know me because I love the web. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Tyler, serious question. Yeah. Just grappling alone. Yeah. Who wins? Alexi Olenek? Chad Fields. <laughs> what? Alexi. Who's wrong? You think no, so? Alexi, Alexi won. Yeah. Honestly, and like, take this to the fucking bag. I rematch Chad Fields, I finish him. All right. I already know. I already know. He, I Alexi Olenek? Hang on. I gave it to him. So I, I, think, I think Alexi's a lot better. I think that crap. I think that grappling, that Sambo hybrid style, well, I think he would. And I also think he's a lot more powerful than Chad Fields. All like right. Chad, Chad got deep on a double on me, and he couldn't finish it. And I was, it was pretty deep, but I was like, fuck it. I, wasn't, I had a good overhook, and I was really like fighting hard and sprawling in turns, not letting him turn the corner. 
but it did feel overly strong. Like a Lennox. <laughs> Chad, don't, don't get me wrong. Chad Fields has got some slickness to him, but I think a Lennox is just slicker, stronger, and nastier. All right. Alexi Olenek or my kid's new coach, Tom DeBlas? Um, Jesus. Uh, if Tom gets pure grappling, Tom gets Bob have, gets Bob's high control, I think Tom Hill helps him. In the cage, I think Tom uh, will beat him too. I got I, to, uh, I do too. I think Tom has superior boxing, but Tom and I were talking at American Nationals, and I said to him, I was like, hey, you know, do me a favor and beat up a beer like Bari in 1FC? He said, no, I'm not fighting. He said, I'm fighting light heavyweight. So. Well, it's funny because uh, I know he was supposed to have that fight in one, and I don't know if it's happening or not. But there I am. I'm supposed to be watching my son, right? He's yeah. taking jujitsu. He's doing gay. Nah, I'm watching Tom the Blast hit, hit mitts. Yeah, <laughs> all the way on the other side of the room. Yeah. He's, he's fucking, looking good, man. Yeah, like he looks. I've been watching it when he's posting on the internet. Like he looks accurate and fucking powerful. Like light heavyweights are gonna oh. have a tough time, and he's a little short. Like Tom's not the tallest heavyweight. Not tallest. Like heavyweight, that is a thick, that is a lean, thick human right there. Like, I think, yeah, I think, you know what? He's, I think he's gonna be a big problem in that light heavyweight division. He, I no, I think he's fighting heavyweight. No, he's fight. He told me he's fighting light heavyweight. He did say light heavyweight because I know in the what they said on one, it was gonna be either or, but they thought it was gonna be heavyweight. Now he told he's he told me he's a lot he taller than he looks. What's that? Yeah. He's a lot taller than he looks, but he's fucking Jack. He's solid. Oh no, he's, um, he's big and lean, but I think light heavyweight's the better. I think just his overall frame. I think light heavyweight's the way to go. Anthony's gonna be a major problem for the light heavyweights <clears throat> in one upstate. Yeah, uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing that that ground battle between him and Olenek. Um It would be interesting. It would be. Uh, I'd be I interested to Hill, see. I think, Tom, the, I think Tom Hill has some fun. Okay. Yeah, you know, and I, and I was kind of thinking that myself. It'd be interesting to see, it, you know, if Tom would be watching out for that that no gi Ezekiel and what he would do to kind of counteract that. Because I mean, um, there's how no do you way, counteract that? There's like, there's no way a Lenny gets him out against Tom, especially that easily. Well, yeah, but Olenek was was submitting people from the bottom. Bottom yeah, out. Like, like, yeah. But like I said, those are heavyweights, <laughs> heavyweights without that, that uh, good grappling cue. Tom DeBloss is a world-class grappler. You ain't getting in with a fucking Ezekiel from the bottom of the mountain. You're just not. So now my question to you is, you know, the way to counter that basically is to just not let his arm get around your neck. You're not going to do, do that. Like, a guy like Tom won't let him get those grips. Tom would be, and me, like me, if I was fighting him, and I was on top, I would not let him get a hold of my head. I would, it's, Tom's too smart for that shit. His grappling cube is way too high to do some dumb shit like that. Well, all these things would be interesting. We're trying to help you fight to win. We're trying to get, we're trying to get some big names to your organization so you could probably pay these guys more with more viewerships. Because I think they, 
you know, you start bringing these guys in from the UFC. Michael Wade is the number one promotion in submission grappling yeah, right now. But I'm saying, like, great. if you, yeah, but if you bring, job. if you bring big name guys in, not, not just like Tom DeBlas, but I'm talking about Alexi Olenek. Like, you get these guys from UFC, because <sighs> um, Dana will let them do that. Dana lets them do grappling tournaments because uh, Omar, his coach, fought Diego Sanchez in Canada for jiu-jitsu. Diego came in his full Reebok UFC fighter kit and everything. So Dana lets these guys do that. Uh, you know, I know Chael does the submission underground. I would like to see more of these popular fighters doing these jujitsu tournaments or super fights. It's one night. It's not like you're training your balls off for it because you're already doing your regular training anyway. Um, and I think it's a great way to bring more eyes to a sport that needs to grow. So one day we can make it an Olympic sport. I mean, I tend, to agree. I tend to agree, but we just wait to see. Uh, Seth, though, if anyone in, this sport, in that sport does, does it right, it's that guy. They do an amazing job. It's an amazing show. I mean, I'm just... I'm not just saying that because I can't wait to fight for him again. I want to fight Chad Fields yeah. again. Really fucking bad. But, like, they do a great job. That's why all the others are falling away. That's why all the, all the others have checks that bounce. And while why Seth is still here, he's still put on the best shows with the best names to grab one. Rudy, is EBI even a thing anymore or no? Nope. No, EBI, EBI is still a thing, but, you know, California, COVID. Fuck off. Yeah. All right. Well, we really got off the rails on that one. But you know what? I'm glad we were talking about that much jujitsu because this next fight with Charles Rosa and Derek Minner, Charles Rosa was pulling out every submission attempt he possibly could. And it just was not working the entire fight. Um, I guess I can't, you can't fault him for trying, right? You can't fault him for trying I mean, to go for the Charles. Tradition. Charles Rosa is, and, I, and like knowing him personally, following him pretty closely on social media, he's one of the hardest workers, one of the most talented guys out there, and a like a supremely talented black belt. He like that's a real thing. I give all what was menace the uh, the uh, his opponent is menace, right? No, it was a decision. <laughs> No, it was opponent's name. It's Minner's, right? Minor. Uh, Minner, yeah, he's uh, James Krause's fight. Oh, like, Minner, yeah. I give Minner all the credit in the world because he came in with a great fucking game plan. His submission defense was top fucking notch. Don't, Don't you say fuck? Yes, he did. <laughs> and he let his hands go. Just Charles Rosa is one of the toughest customers in the UFC featherweight, featherweight division and superlative, supremely talented submission artist. I give his opponent all credit in the world because that's a kid that could be anyone in that division. He could be any top 15 fighter on any given night, and he got shut down. So hats off. Kudos to Minder. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, you know, it was a really good fight for Minner. And, and, you know, Kraus, Kraus is a really good fighter, but I think he's the best coach. Like, one of the best coaches right now. Brian Kraus, I've talked to him in a while. Uh, not Brian Kraus, sorry. James, James Krause. Krause. I said James. I played with Brian Krause in college, back in quarterback, University of Connecticut, holler. But James Krause, 
not only a tremendous human being and tremendous fighter, he has it figured out as far as like building a fight camp, building a stable, and coaching. He's doing a great job. Hats off to him. But yeah, I tend to agree with you, Tommy. I find him to be a tremendous coach. As like kind of this, you know, we're kind of going through a change of the guard in mixed martial arts as far as like, you know, all the old camps going to like Black Zillion slash Hoof slash um, an American Top Team and AKA. It's like, and um, we're, I, I, Alliance over in San Diego. I think we're going through yet another metamorphosis as we're seeing some of these smaller camps kind, kind of rise up. You got guys like James Krause's camp, you know, Tyson Chardage, Rob Font, Elf Cater, with, with the uh, Northern Cartel. We're seeing like a lot of these smaller, but <clears throat> super talented camps kind of make their name. So I think it's just the next uh, evolution of the game. Yeah, I, you know, when you speak to James Crowd, your corner man, right? Uh, there was one. There was one part where Rosa almost had a. Uh, Leglock, Achilles, right? Achilles yeah, cutter. Or, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And Krause was screaming yeah. in the corner, you're fine, your knees through, you're fine. Yeah. You usually see guys when they get in these leg lock submissions, they kind of freak out. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're rolling like crazy, and a lot of times they roll so deep that they just do it right for their opponent as yeah, long well, as they're rolling uh, right I, th- I think Kraus did a really good thing right there. Um, he said your knees out, fine. The, the biggest thing in leg locks is clearing your knee line. And as a coach, I'm sure he probably knew his, uh, he knew Minter was going to, or he knew, excuse me, Charles Rosa was going to be Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He's a supremely talented Jiu-Jitsu fighter. And as Minder was lighting them up, probably told him like, hey, you know, watch out for these leg locks, things like that. I'm sure something they drilled. So that is a very basic concept that's so important in leg locks. <laughs> Clarence knee line and the fact that he was able to keep his fire calm and use that fact like, hey, your knee line's clear. You're fine. Just again, like I literally just saying, it just speaks so highly of Zakum as coach. Mm-hmm. He's like uh he's like a younger um Dwayne Ludwig. Because think I, about I, it, like I, Dwayne I, was he was I, a I would, good I would, fighter. I, I would co sign that very much. Yeah, he was a pretty good fighter, but as a coach, he's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. he's amazing as a coach. And and, and, you know, I would think it's more rewarding. He's amazing as a fighter too. Fastest knockout in UFC history. Yeah, I I, like for me, I would think it would be more rewarding to be a coach than to be the fighter. Like, yeah, the fighter wants to, you know, he wins the championship and everything, but the coach is the (laughs) one that puts the game plan together for that. I do like both. Like me personally, I prefer fighting, but. Like, there's, there's something to be said for the kind of uh, internal satisfaction and the fact that you get to see someone that you're really close to uh, have that have that victory. There's something to that. I mean, I just like fighting, though, so whatever. Yeah, you know, and, and I hope, you know, James Krause's camp starts pumping out more of these fighters because, you know, it's, it's definitely exciting to watch. What would you think of that fight, I don't think Rudy's with us anymore. Rudy, what the hell, brother? Yeah, that uh, right. it wasn't that great, man. <laughs> what 
wasn't that great. It was boring. You thought that was boring? Yeah. You're crazy. No, it was boring to me, man. That's why you kind of lost me. Sorry you don't appreciate I'm sorry you don't appreciate good strategic ballads. Yeah, it was boring. You just like the fat knockouts, right? That's what you like. I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the event, man. We we had a lot of finishes. Um, that fight just I don't know, bro. It just kind of lulled me, and the the fight after that was pretty damn good. And then the fight. After yeah. That, so amazing. you know, Yana Kunitskaya, and I've always made fun of the way she came into the UFC because she came in as basically the the lamb to the slaughter because uh, the Frankie Edgar and uh, Korean Zombie fight was taken off as the headliner and they needed to find a new headliner for Cyborg. So they just carted off the 145 Invicta fighter who had no business. Not only just that 145 and the Invicta champion, right? Yeah. No, she lost uh, the uh, Invicta championship fight. But she uh, she had no business being in there with Cyborg that night. Um, but now that she's dropped down to 135, she is a problem. Okay. You, you know, she, hey. she moved her camp over to uh, over to ATT because I'm pretty sure she started out with Greg Jackson. She okay. started out at the Jackson camp. Now she's over at ATT because she's engaged to uh, Santos, the number two light heavyweight in the world. He was in her corner. She looked really good against Caitlin Vieira, who's, you know, her, her jujitsu is unbelievable. Um, yes, it yes, it is. But the, the fact that uh, Maria is in her corner, just the amount of amber jokes that are available right now is off the charts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, what's his name is in her corner? Uh, Aldo's coach. Maria, Maria, like, or Thiago Santos, Maria. Like, that's what I call him. That's his nickname. But that, he's in Kunitskaya's uh, corner. Well, that's her, that's her fiance. Yeah, okay. That's, that's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I would be mad because it's not him. I want to be her fiance, man. She's blonde. I mean, no, no, I don't. <laughs> One, no, I don't. B, I'm just going for the hammer jokes with Tiago. That's all. <laughs> But, um, you know, and Ketlin Vieira's her, her jiu-jitsu is amazing. Andre Pedaneris is her coach. Um, you would have thought she would have had more to show in there, but it, it, she was just flat the, the whole night, and Kunitskaya just put it on her uh, all three of those rounds. So in that 135 division, uh, look, I don't think anybody's beating Amanda Nunes at all. Um, it, it doesn't matter who they are at 135. I don't think Megan Anderson's going to be in her 45. It, it all seriousness, they get her off maternity leave, get her back in there because I need to see some. That's sexist. I just right, don't Chip, see anybody. Chip, you, like, you're off maternity leave. You need to carry the baby. Let's fucking go. Well, she's fighting Megan Anderson in two weeks. Um, although. That was one of the James fights Cross, that I thought. That'll be James Krause's coming out party. What? That'll be James Krause's coming out party. James Krause is being Anderson's coach. Ah. Uh. Well, I had this feeling, and uh. I still 
that fights on that card are going to be canceled. And I think two of them are going to be championship fights. Uh, The Nunes fight is one of them. Fuck out of here. I think something's going to happen. Because this card is so good two weeks from now. So many good fights. Something has to happen because that's just the way it is. Probably. Somebody's getting going. It's like, you, like, wait, you like, yeah, some parts are going to fall off. It's going to be a great card. This part's going to fall off. Everybody, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. We'll be now, if this fight does happen, I don't Happy think, more. I don't think Megan Anderson's going to beat Amanda Nunes because besides Katz and Gano, nobody's shown me otherwise. Um, and, and you know, the reason why Kat won that fight is because back then, Nunez's cardio was pretty bad. Uh, she seemed to have fixed that. <laughs> Listen, I tend I to agree with you as far as this goes. The one thing about Megan Anderson is she's long, she's getting better. Yeah. She's long, she's getting Yeah. <laughs> she's long, she's getting better. I Listen, if a man gets tied, it lands up land with volume and power the way she does it could be a bad night for megan but yeah. i think megan's one of the first people she has championship experience she's fought cyborg she's been in there with the bad motherfucking bitches so i think we're probably gonna see the best version of megan anderson we've seen as much as and don't get me wrong man is the female goat in my opinion with that yeah. being said with that being said this could be the one. I think Megan Anderson is one of those girls that's been uh, biding her time and like getting better, kind of right in front of our eyes, but still okay. I mean, we'll see. But uh, you know, for for the one thirty five division with with Yana, I mean, uh, who else has she got to fight in that division? Think about it. Where does she go from here? We'll see. We'll see in a couple of weeks. There's always young girls getting better. Those the come ups. You think you think this fight got her a title shot? Another title shot? No. You know, here, but here's what's fucked up. Like the way the UFC looks at it, she was a title contender. Yeah. <laughs> she had no business being a title contender. Why but not? she was a title contender at one point. So they always seem to give the people who have fought for a title, whether they deserved it or not another shot at winning another title. Um, she did complete three-round domination with with Vieira that, you know, the UFC's been touting her as, you know, this big female jiu-jitsu phenom, and none of it got to work. Um, you know, Yana put it on her. That last round, um, you know, Caitlin Vieira was riding her back. Yeah. And... And Yana was just beating the shit out of her. Yeah, I think my my biggest takeaway from this fight, dude, was that the uh, the refs, you know, despite uh, Vieira's, I think she was pretty dominant in the uh, the control, man. She she controlled the fight. Yeah, I think she really controlled the fight. But Kunitskaya just outstruck her, man, and uh, lit her up. And the refs scored it on that based on that. I mean, it was freaking insane. She had like over two hundred strikes. To uh, Vieira's like thirty. That's insane. I think it was. I think it was one hundred and thirty by like the middle of the second round. <laughs> yeah, two hundred and fifteen strikes uh, to Vieira's thirty-five. <laughs> thirty-five. Yeah. So, that, and she she had 
control of the fight, you know? That's what was interesting. I was like, man, I wonder what how they're going to score this fight. I really thought that. I didn't think that either one won by a freaking huge margin. I thought it was going to be close, and, you know, I, I wasn't going for Kunitskaya, and I wasn't mad about it. I was like, that was the right call, you know? It was, it was a good well, fight. Well, I mean, to be fair, the, the vast majority of her strikes were on the ground. Where yeah. the strikes on the ground. Where they she were. Was, you hit her with the elbow, hit her with the fist. And, you know, the way she exploded and finished out that third round, um, standing up in, in her guard, in uh, Vieira's guard, throwing haymakers and hammer fists and elbows. I mean, she split her up. She split her wide open in the end of that round. Um, so that yeah, definitely exactly. could have swayed it the judge's way, you know? Yeah, 100%, 100%. But it was a great way to finish. Um, it, you know, you're always weary about the female co-main event to the, you know, leading into the big guy main event. Yeah. Um, you never know how it, it's going to, never know how it's going to You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but it played well. It was a good fight. I found it. Yeah, it, it worked. So it do you guys, do you guys, do you guys want to see the, uh, the big knockout? Yeah, you guys want to see the knockout? Look, can you see my screen? Yeah. The only trying to get the answer, Boom! 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 Yeah, you know, now that we're already talking on this, so Rudy, can you play that back for me? I'm playing it. Oh, no, play it back. All right, right there. As you can see, wait, stop. Uh, go back. Go back. All right, right there. Oh, you the edge for this, by the way. As you can see, Curtis Blades is shooting from Mexico, but he's stopped right at the Texas border by the Black Beast. Yeah, the Black Beast did a tremendous job of uh, timing that up. Like, he was, he was, that they gave him the fuck out of that. Expected Curtis to shoot, especially. When he was hurt, and like I think that was even what was even more telling was how good Tommy was because that was a big uppercut. That was a big uppercut. But he definitely worked on timing that big power uppercut that whole camp. Like Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis is an elite athlete. He plays it off like he's just this big fat fucking brawler, which he's not. He is super skilled. So I guarantee you. They were playing that out the entire camp. Like, he's going to get hurt, he's going to shoot, and Derek's going to be able to tie this up. That's exactly what happened. Well, yeah, you know, um, the the first round kind of looked like Curtis Blades might have started running away with it. Um, he was out striking him. Uh, he, was, he was really making uh, Derek Lewis guess. The leg kicks were really starting to work. Lewis just didn't look like he was getting comfortable at all. And, you know, he even said it in his post-fight post fight speech. But, yeah. Tyler, like you said, his camp was drilling it into his head. Yeah. You know this guy's going to shoot. So he either has a flying knee, which we've seen him throw, which a guy his size throwing a flying knee, fuck you, because you'll end up putting somebody in a coma. Yeah. Or that uppercut. And when you looked at him throw that uppercut, yeah. it didn't look like he threw it with everything. Like, it was weird. The way you it, saw like, Curtis it, 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 just no, it up. I disagree with that. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. 
first of all, a little bit bigger windup. And like it was I like throwing uppercuts for short. Like you get your chambered and I'll try to like get myself out of here. Can y'all see me? Okay. So like usually I like to have it chambered and you dip down and shoot up that way. And you extend the hip, turn it forward. Derek really turned the hip over, but he brought it back a ways and just boom. Like he got his watch got as as much as you can really wind up and still be professional with that punch. He wound up and his hip, his hip turned over. Like I think he You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that that, that fat kid, kid that gets, gets picked, picked on and then has enough. enough. He's, He's like, like, he just, just fuck this, and he just releases, like, like the, the most vicious punch, punch on the bully. That's, that's what, what it seemed like to me, man. It, um, but, the like, the thing that really, like, like, that I took from that was, even though he wound up with it, it was it was a good flight path, good snap on it, but he got that fucking hip in. Like, Derek yeah. Lewis has some fucking ass on him. We all know that. Well, and it's also, and it's also, he, you know, the punch placement was perfect. It was right exactly, on the, yeah. I mean, dude, he, like Curtis you said, they, tar- they, they targeted that punch. They 100% targeted that punch. You know, but it also comes to, why are you shooting from that far away? I know you're this badass wrestler, but he's already stuffed two of your takedowns. Why would you uh, shoot from I, that far? I, I have a, you know, I followed uh, I followed his um, social media, and um, one thing I've noticed is uh, he's super confident in his wrestling ability. He talks about it, so I think that was part of it. He was like, oh, I'll shoot far away. It doesn't matter. I'm just such a better wrestler, and Curse got caught. It is what it is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, and look, and I like Curtis Blades, and, you know, we all love Derek Lewis. Um, yeah, no, I like Curtis, too. I like Curtis a lot. Curtis is starting to get that Michael Bisbing feel to me to where before Michael Bisbing won that belt, like the always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, Because he always gets right to that cusp where it's going to be time for a title shot and then he loses. The two fights with Nganu and now this one. Um, Look, Curtis Blades is definitely going down in the UFC Hall of Fame, without a doubt. The most takedown. Okay. Dude, he's got the most takedowns in uh, in UFC history. You make it seem like he's done, bro. He's young. He's just getting yeah, started. Like he's I think he needs some time off. Because the guys that are up there are the ones that he's fought already. I mean, he lost twice. I think, honestly, I think he needs. I think he needs a new camp. You think so? I think I think he's too comfortable at elevation. Like I'm not saying I'm not talking Denver. That camp elevation. I think he's too comfortable there. He should so go. Where do you think I think somebody would, All right, where I do you think somebody like him would flourish? I personally think he should go. I think he should go to AKA. They I are pretty like, much entirely all wrestlers. AKA, AKA, AKA's heavyweights are fading out, and Todd Duffy needs someone to wrestle with. Like, I think he should get in there and trip Todd Duffy and AKA. And, like, Todd Duffy needs some people to wrestle with. And Curtis Blades needs to get his strength better. And Javier Mendez and his sparring partner and Todd Duffy would make a big mm-hmm. difference for him. Make a big difference. But no, Rudy, it's not like I'm making it seem like he's done. It's just you go off statistics, right? 
knocked out twice by Francis Ngannou, somebody that he should definitely have beat. Um, and then this fight with DC, not DC, with uh, <laughs> Derek Lewis. <laughs> Realistically, this should have been Curtis Blades' fight. You know, you look at it on paper and everything else. This was Curtis Blades' fight to win, and he fumbled it. And it's not his fight, he got caught. To me, to me, it did seem like he, he, he should have put Kurt, he should have put Derek on back. He never did. I mean, you looked at him in that first round. He looked, his striking looked phenomenal. Okay. Um, Again, you're fighting, okay, Tommy, you're fighting Derek fucking Lewis. Mm -hmm. Like, he underplayed his skills, but where is he least talented? Off his back. What's your curse done? Put him on his fucking back. As a grappler, he falls into the fucking trap of being excited and lost some fights because I decided to stand the feet just fucking punch it out. Like, he should have put him on the ground. A guy as dangerous as Derek Lewis in the striking department, you're a fucking superlative wrestler. You put Derek Lewis on the fucking ground. Well, now with with this win, yeah, we don't know what this really means for Derek Lewis because Stipe and Francis, they're fighting for the belt. Yeah. John Jones is, you know, and, and this is what Derek Lewis has been talking about. John Jones is going to be fighting at heavyweight. I think um, that fight, I think that fight would be outstanding. I also think the Bones will fuck his world up. But then, if uh, if Izzy ends up beating Jan, he's talking about going up to heavyweight. So. <laughs> Like, think of the dynamic of potential heavyweight fights that we might be having with Derek Lewis thrown in the mix for everybody. It's insane. The only fight I don't ever want to see is Derek Lewis and Ghana. Unless it's for the belt, I never want to see that fight again. No, we'll see that fight again. And it'll be a much, they're both gunshot in that fight, and this is what it is. But um, I think that, uh, I don't think we're as easy heavyweight. I do think. That John Jones versus uh, Derek Lewis would put some asses in the goddamn fucking seats. Uh, see, part of me, you know, I'm right. I don't. I don't think I could count Derek you know Lewis. I'm right. You know, I'm right. Listen, That's the problem. That fight. You want to print some money? You want to print some money? Put that fight on. You want you want you want to make money? You want print money? You want some goddamn sound? He's the heavyweight version of Daniel Cormier, bro. You call him DC yourself. I know, but, no, but my not. thing is, no, he's not the he's not the fucking heavyweight version. Yeah, he is DC because he's not a great wrestler. He has the yeah. Best you don't have to be a wrestler. That's why he's the heavyweight. He has the best one-liners of all time, and he has the touch of death in his hands. That's why it's like, I don't think I could count Derek Lewis out anymore. It, no, um, if you look listen, if you count Derek Lewis out, you turn into your fucking MMA card. Yeah, but I would like to see him be the one that knocks out John Jones. I wouldn't mind seeing that either. I think that fight is extremely intriguing. I would love yeah, is. that fight. That is an intriguing So fight. make that your title eliminator fight. You know people, people would pay, pay to see that shit. shit. I would make that title limit a fight. Derek Lewis versus John Jones. 
Winner fights the uh, winner of uh, Steve versus Singanu. I like that a lot, a fucking lot. And, and the only reason why I say that is because Derek Lewis has been, he got a title shot that he, he should have taken against DC uh, because he wasn't in shape for the fight that he was just in. Mind you, three weeks later, he's fighting DC for the belt. Like, it was almost like, yeah. here's your title shot, Derek. Here you go. You like money? You like money? You like money? See, I fucking paid for that fight. So, I think that Derek Lewis should be the one to welcome John Jones into the heavyweight division. Because you know what? If John Jones I literally just beat, said that. Yeah. I literally just said that. If John Jones could beat Derek Lewis, then he's got no no qualms about going in there against Steve Bay. Because I don't think Francis Ngannou is going to beat Steve Bay. I think it's going to be the same thing that we saw the first time. Um, for sure. Uh, I, think, I disagree. I think that part of the issue with Ngannou was he had thrust into this role as the new like destroyer in the heavyweight division. I think the pressure got to him. I think he needs some seasoning. He's gotten it at the highest level. It's definitely been a baptism by fire. But I think we're going to see a different fight when we see him fight us. He be again. Well, we'll see. I'm not. I'm not even going to think it's going to be a, an exciting fight unless somebody gets knocked out. It's the only way. Other than that, it's just going to be Stipe relying on his distance, his boxing, and then his wrestling. Which I, who knows what Ngannou's doing with his wrestling? We we don't really know. I uh, uh, I know the uh, camps he's training in. He's definitely getting the work. I would hundred percent. He's getting the work. The, the coaches he has running his sessions, he's getting work in. Well, you know, we're definitely going to see soon enough. We're definitely going to see sooner rather than later, ladies and gentlemen. But um, so, guys, Thursday night, please tune in to Sitting Ringside with Mr. Roberto Villa, the shitster, Mr. Dave Rodriguez. And uh, and our buddy Alex over there, uh, guys. This hour and a half pretty much flew by. This was a lot of fun tonight. Yeah. Um, what? We got an event this weekend, right? I don't think it's one of the yeah. big ones this week. One that's this weekend, right, Rudy? Yeah, we have a uh, an event this weekend. It is uh, Cyril oh, Gain. See, now we forgot about Rosenstrike. Yeah, versus Rosenstrike. Forgot about him. Yeah. And that whole entire giant round robin. Nikita Krylov, Magadev Ankalev, Montana De La Rosa, Myra Bueno Silva, Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera, Angel Hill, Ashley Yoder, Alex Casares, Kevin Froom. That's going to be a good one, dude. I want to see that fight. You know, it's always nice when twin brother and sisters are on the same card. Casares and Kroom. That's going to be a good one, dude. Alexander Hernandez versus Tiago Moises. Randy Brown versus Alex Olvera. Yeah. Uh, Wait, Davis who's, versus Mazo. Yo, who's Hernandez fighting? Uh, Tiago Moises. Tiago Moises, let's fucking go. Maxim Grishin, Dustin Kobe, Vincent Cachero, Ronnie Lawrence, and Rioni Barcellos versus Marcello Rojo. Oh, and Alonzo Menafield versus William Knight. That's going to be a pretty good card. Um, it'll, be, it'll be okay, so all man. You guys, all you guys tune in Thursday night for the, uh, for the Who You Got episode of... Uh, of sitting ringside where these guys get to uh they pick who they think is going to win pride rules does the results show from the weekend before uh, it's a it's a great thing that we got going on um tyler anything to promote for yourself nothing uh 
DJ Shit Guy, Knockgear.com, Pantix.com, and uh, next fight to win that is. One of these fights with Austin shows. I have a feeling I've never met, so I'll let y'all know. All right, guys. Well, listen, this was a pretty fun show. We look forward to talking to you guys next Monday night. Shout out to Fightbook MMA and, of course, all of you out there on Sportscaster. Like I said before, we love the numbers. Thank you. We appreciate all the love that you guys show us everywhere on all platforms. Please check us out at Pride Rules on uh, Instagram and Pride Rules on Facebook. I am your host, the Reverend Tommy D, joined with me by the greatest producer, Mr. Rudy Lara, and we just lost Tyler. <laughs> the worst we are Pride Rules Podcast. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.